Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Have you ever wondered how to say good morning in Italian? Or what is goodbye in French? You can ask Alexa. Just say, what is happy birthday in German? Or how do you say hello in Japanese? Do you want to know how to say I love you in Spanish? Ask Alexa and start learning a new language today. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hello, Ward. Oh, oh, what happened? <laughs> I, I, I wanted to say hello to you first. I just felt it. Let's try it that way. Hello, Eric. Hello, Eric. Oh, see, you totally screwed me up. <laughs> Hello, Ward. How the hell are you? Oh, man, I'm good. I'm good. You know, it was uh, one for one on the weekend. One of my football teams won. One of my football teams lost. Uh, and that's that's better than what it's been. <laughs> that's true. That's a, a lot better. Uh, before we get into football, and we are going to cover football a little bit, but let's just talk about November 6th event. Tickets have been on sale for uh, just a few days now. Go to HoosierFanFest.com, November 6th event. You get all the players of Indiana University. They're going to be there shooting contests, dunk contests, alley-oop contests, which fans can auction for the right to be the person to throw the alley-oop. You can auction for the right to be a coach of the scrimmage that we're going to play. You can auction for the right to rebound for the players, to be part of a dance contest with the team. This is pure interactivity. It's a celebration of Indiana basketball with the fans. And then the event ends with an autograph session and selfie session. Bring your kids, bring items to get autographed. You'll All the players will be there signing and taking pictures. They're all really excited about it. HoosierFanFest.com. Tickets are $5. I was I was going to say, there was a lot of consternation about how much it was going to cost for general admission. We promised reasonable. I think we went beyond reasonable. That's, you know, that's really just to be able to, one, um, put on the event, because it does cost money to put on an event like this. Um, but just, just to be able to support these guys who are student-athletes, trying to take Indiana back to a place it hasn't been in a long time, they're taking some hours out of their very busy schedules because it's important to them. It's meaningful to them. And, um, you know, for everybody to just do your little part to get in the door, man, is that reasonable. And it's going to be like unlike anything that's ever occurred in Assembly Hall before. 
Yeah, we're really looking forward to it. Uh, $5 for General Assembly. There are some tickets left on the bleachers behind courtside tickets. So where they put families, where they put recruits, those are $49 a ticket. Again, if you want just an amazing view and a view that you will not be able to get because they don't sell those tickets for games typically, um, that's a great way to do it. Good birthday present, good anniversary present. Just a really cool way to, I think, spend a few hours with the Indiana University men's program. Before that, from four to six, HoosierYouthCamp.com, HoosierYouthCamp.com. If you've got a daughter, a sister, a niece, a granddaughter, a friend of the family who's between the ages of, I think it's between under the age of 14, the girls under the age of 14, for $50, you get to have the best women's team in the history of Indiana University and one of the best women's team in the country, Allie Patberg, Grace Berger, Mackenzie Holmes, all the, the stars of Indiana be there to put on a clinic and a camp for your kids and, and girls across the state and from the area. It's going to be amazing. They're going to share a meal together. They're going to give them, you know, uh, there's going to be an autograph session for them too. Just you get to be exposed to one of the best teams in the country. Uh, $50, HoosierYouthCamp.com. It's going to be fun for the whole family. Uh, and just roll. I would, if I were you, I would just roll straight from the youth camp over to the men's event and just make it a experience that you and your family, your kiddos, will never forget. Like I know, if this had been a thing when we were kids, we would bring it up like every third podcast. Uh, like we'd be interviewing one of the players from back in the day and be talking about how special this event is going to be and that these kids are going to always take it with them. And look, we got to just indoctrinate them every single way we can to ensure future generations of Indiana University hardcore fans, this is the way to do it. Yes, and also let's not forget, a portion of the money goes to the Boys and Girls Club of Bloomington, an amazing organization. So your contribution, whether it's $5, $49, or whether you auction to be part of these amazing interactive elements, that money is going to a good cause in the Boys and Girls Club and supporting NIL efforts for all the players across the women's team and the men's team. So this is something that we want to become a perennial thing. And we want it to be something that recruits know, oh, if I come to Indiana, I get to be part of this, which means every year I get X amount of dollars in my pocket. The more people we bring, the more money there is, the more attractive it becomes to recruits. This is a big deal for Indiana University players. It's a big deal for the community. And as Ward said, it's a big deal for the fans that are going to be able to have, a, a, I think, a special fun experience and we and will a, try our best not to ruin it and a big shout out to uh, folks who are uh, already got tickets they're already bidding on things and we've had some people talking about who can't make it but are donating some tickets to the boys and girls club so all those opportunities are still available so so get on it and even if you can't be there and participate um you can make it so some some folks who otherwise could not will be able to Let's talk about football. The Colts? <laughs> Carson Wentz, baby. MVP. I mean, you did beat a terrible team, but yes, congratulations. A win is a win. We dominated them. You did. You did. You won, but no, we're not going to talk about them. Uh, that's I fair. have a take on IU football that I think you're going to be surprised by. You're Something positive? Yes. Okay, I'm surprised. Give me the details. All right, there's two positive things. One, the defense is awesome. 
Yeah, I mean, they're really fun to watch. They're really good, and it's not a fluke. They were really good last year. They've gotten better since Tom Allen came on as defensive coordinator. Um, they've had some hiccups here and there, but overall, this is an inc- just a really good defensive team. <laughs> I saw you pull it back from incredible. Well, I want to say incredible because incredible really implies that you're like top 10 in the country, and we're yeah. not. We're not no. there. But we certainly have a defense that plays well enough to give us a chance to win almost every game we're in. I mean, Cam Jones, like Cam Jones, just seeing him fly around like that. I mean, McFadden, I think we were, you know, really expecting that and counting on that. But it is. It's like I have definitely jumped up and cheered more often and more loudly on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I mean, there is absolutely no doubt that the defense gives you a chance to win. And what more can you ask from a defense? I mean, what did the defense give up in that game? 13 points to Michigan State, who I believe had the best offense, number one or number two offense in the Big Ten and one of the top ten in the country. They were averaging like 500 yards uh, a game. They had a running back who was the best running back in the country, and we basically shut him down. Can't ask for more from the defense. And that does seem to be a systemic thing that is just going to continue. All right, look, I'm not going to pile on the offense. It sucks. I mean, it sucks just donkey. It's just so bad. I mean, in the words of our 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 goon and friend Mike LeBret, he said it's the worst offense he's ever seen. Yes, I, I mean, I, he may be I, right. For sure for Indiana, I think he might have met ever in college football. Yeah, I do think he might have qualified it ultimately by saying for Indiana. Like, even when we had bad teams, the offense scored points. And it does seem that way. But here is why I'm positive. We do not have the talent to be as good as we all want to be yet. We don't. We are losing to top 10 football teams. We don't have the talent, even if you broke down the talent of Iowa and Michigan State, who were not top 10 teams last year. They have more talent than us if you go by rankings, which is all we can really go by. They have more talent. Last year was a magical year with a lot of weird shit surrounding it. But that magical year, no doubt impacted recruiting, but not for this year, for next year, for the class of 2022, for the recruiting class of 23. And in football, unlike basketball, it is rare for a freshman to come in and make an immediate impact. In fact, many times four-star recruits get redshirted their freshman year. We are not going to see the program's true progression for a couple years. It is going to take time. I do think we're better than we were when we were really bad. I do. I still believe that. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, it's going to take time. We easily could be two and two against top 10 teams right now. Yes, we we really could. We weren't that far away. Now, maybe you make the argument if we'd won those two games, those two teams wouldn't be top 10 but the point is these are the upper echelon programs in the in not just in the big 10 but with cincinnati you know in the country that we've been falling short here's my concern about your point of building this thing yes is we we are watching the program very closely and all those things you said are true but 
with the recruits across the country who are used to seeing all these other programs always kind of in this conversation. And we showed up last year and now now on the national radar, we've basically disappeared again, you know, and and I am worried that, OK, we, we saw a jump in our ability to recruit higher ranked players because of last year. Now, now does that does that start to diminish again with this season? I have faith that Coach Tom Allen can talk to these these recruits and be like, here's why we're taking a step back this season in terms of wins and losses, but here's why we're still going in this upward trajectory. Come on in. It's it's just gonna keep getting better once some of the guys who recruited in this last class are starting to really make an impact on the field. I don't know, but it worries me that the the perception is is diminished already at this point and it's going to be really hard to look back at this season and and tell recruits look look how we we took the next step this year. It's going to look like a step back almost any which way you slice it. I agree with that. I it is a step back on the field, but and it may end up being a small step back in recruiting for the for like the players that you go to right after this season or during the season. However, because of Tom Allen, because of Dylan McCullough, you know, um, because, because of LEO, because of LEO, because of the defensive side of the ball, I believe that even if we take a step backward this year versus like the wake of what we did last year, I believe that step back is still going to be much better than where we were five, six, seven, eight, nine years ago. For sure. And therefore more so in football than in basketball or any other sport, because there's so many damn people that you need Mm -hmm. that we are still, you know, two, three, four years away from really seeing the total impact that Tom Allen, Elio, and, and what he has done to the program will be. And I know that nobody wants to hear that and it sucks to watch but you know what are we a quarterback away you know like we just haven't had good quarterback play maybe an offensive coordinator maybe but but ward maybe but it's just i think most people think it's just that it's like either we get a much better offensive coordinator or somebody whether it's donovan mcculley next year or tuttle figures it out playing more that the quarterback play gets better we're not that far away, like you said, from being even better this year on the record. I just think that football, much more than basketball, when you look at the numbers that you need and the depth that you need, it takes several years of a of a revolution in football or it's, a, a it's rebirth. It's a much bigger ship to turn around. It's the, it, is, it is an aircraft carrier. Were and you, you just going to call us the Titanic? The Titanic. It's the Titanic. <laughs> the Big Ten is filled with icebergs. It's, yeah. It's, it's an aircraft carrier, and it just takes a long time to turn it. And I have ultimate faith that Tom Allen, based on already what he's done both on the field, take his whole body of work, not one season, his whole body of work on the field and off the field in recruiting portends good things for Indiana in the future. And I'm going to be pissed off when we lose and make stupid decisions during the games, but I am not going to cast this, like, judgment on the whole program even though i think you're right momentum may get blunted a little bit 
but it's still going to be higher than it was several years ago. So I'm still positive. Well, and and to your point of turning it around slowly and for the long haul, like Iowa didn't become what Iowa is this year overnight. Like what what's happened in Northwestern um, over, you know, the stretch. I don't know how long that coach has been there now, but the, but to take programs and, and Iowa has a better history than, say, Northwestern. But Indiana and uh, Indiana sort of wishes to be the kind of program Northwestern has become. And and that's where like, hey, uh, we we are going to take, you know, a decade to to fully become a team that's regularly um, competing at the top of the Big Ten and um, in the rankings. And, oh, it's not just a bowl, but a good bowl. And I will give IU fans credit, even though it's been frustrating this year, demoralizing, uh, particularly in the wake of, say, like the Cincinnati game. It, it, it hasn't all been like throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Like, nope, nope, just kidding. We're as awful as we've always been and we always will be. I do think everybody uh, knows that we're in better hands than we ever have been. Or at least, you know, Coach Hepner again is where we all thought finally, okay, we've got the first guy since Coach Mallory who really can build this thing for long-term success. And with Coach Allen, I, I really don't see anybody jumping off the bandwagon, nor should they. I'm just looking at Pat Fitzgerald's record. He's been there for 15 years. Okay. Let's after his first couple of years where they weren't very good, he then went to a bowl game five years in a row. Okay. Now Tom Allen's been to a bowl game three years in a row, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's some similarities here. After that bowl game, his fifth bowl game, where they went in 2012, they went 10 and three overall uh, with the win in the bowl game, but five and three in the Big Ten. His next year, he went one and seven in the Big Ten. The next year, he went three and five in the Big Ten, missed a bowl game. Then six and two, five and four, seven and two, eight and one. He went to four bowl games in a row after missing two. And then one and eight. You know, and then last year he went six and one in the shortened Big Ten year. And this year he's three and three overall with a one and two record. Like, we're not Alabama football. We're not Ohio State football. We're not LSU where you're going to fire your coach for being nine and eight, two years off a national championship. Exactly. I, but I think your point about Fitzgerald is a good one. Northwestern is a program that five years ago we would have looked at and go, my God, we would love the success of that program. Make consistent bowl games four out of six years, you know, and every once in a while have a team that if things break right, you could really make some noise and make a Rose Bowl. Like, that'd be great. I think we're still on the path to that and maybe bigger because I do think Indiana can bring more resources to it than a Northwestern can or is willing to. But I'm just not going to get that worked up yet about the program when I just think it's so clear that there's individual things that are wrong. I mean, the quarterback play this year has been brutal. It's just been abysmal. And we never expected that. We didn't expect Michael Penix to be terrible this year. We didn't expect Jack Tuttle to come in and be terrible. And they were. And the offensive coordinator may be the problem. I don't know enough about football. It seems boring. It seems uninventive. It seemed better this last game, truthfully. It did. It did. And that's it it was... Uh, not as painful to watch that side of the ball, but there were some terrible mistakes that were very consequential 
from but the I don't quarterback. Know if that's the offensive coordinators. Right, right. No. And 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 that's where it's even like, okay, we've still got a lot of games left. And I'm not sure what the timetable is for, for the return of Penix, if ever. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not counting on him at all. So so let's let's see if if Coach Sheridan and Jack Tuttle can kind of find something because th- they were finding some stuff against Michigan State. Yeah, and I mean I felt for Tom Allen in the press conference because I remember watching the game. I was on Zoom with the goons, and I just kept saying, somebody make a play. Like, I mean, there were just so many 50-50 balls thrown up that someone should have made a play. If they're 50-50 balls, make them half the time. We made them, it seemed like, zero of the time. And Freifogel dropped passes. Early on, he was looking good. They were making it a priority to get it to him, get it to him in space. And you're like, yeah, yeah, like, like, go for your strengths here and don't make it too hard on anybody. Get them in a rhythm. Um, But, you know, look, at the end of the day, this was like Tuttle's first game as the guy with the prep that goes into that. So... Hopefully we'll, as the schedule gets, you know, I mean, look, Ohio State and Michigan, it doesn't get that much easier, but you, you've you've got some winnable games left this season, and let's just see if they can start to put the pieces together. That Purdue game all of a sudden becomes just massive. I mean, what they did to Iowa on the road just changes the whole perception of what they're doing. And I hate it. I hate it. Me too, but it makes that game really meaningful. Even if we don't make a bowl game, We've got to win that game. Like, I mean, I think that that is a game that just, there aren't that many opportunities for wins left. And uh, and that's going to be one that's just going to be a massive, massive game. Let's talk about basketball. Sure, always. I wanted to bring this up. Like, there's not a lot of recruiting news going on. They've had some visits. They had Cooper Koch on a visit, who's a kid from Iowa, who's highly skilled. Uh, they had this uh, Newton kid from uh, Atlanta area. All great. None of them seem to be something that's going to pop off anytime soon. But it's what I wanted to talk to you about because we're just a couple weeks away, a few weeks away from the season starting. Well, we're we're like just under two weeks from Noah Clowney's announcement. Yeah, Halloween. That's a big one. And not hearing anything, truthfully, right now. I think everything's going to be quiet until after he does his Alabama visit. Okay. And then we'll see. But I wanted to talk to you about expectations. Of this year's team. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm pretty sure I know where this is going. Well, no, you and I, we always talk about expectations. We always kind of say, what would make us happy? And I've been thinking about it. And I have my set of expectations for this year that I don't think is going to make many people happy. But, but I think it's realistic. But what, I'm going to let you go first. What is a season that you would be happy with for Indiana basketball as it stands right now? And you don't need to give me like an exact record. No. But, you know, like where do we finish? What's the result of the season? I I would say we know before Selection Sunday we're comfortably in the tournament. Okay. I would like to see a team that every time they take the floor, I'm enjoying it. Because we know the Big Ten is still really good this year. Um, we know that we still have some – players that that maybe um don't they don't fit the the vision of the new coach necessarily sure. how right? could they? 
right? You know, so it's like this is Coach Woodson's first year, and there's been an infusion of new talent, and I'm excited to see how that meshes with some of the awesome players who are already there. I mean, you know, Trace Jackson Davis is from the previous regime, so clearly the cupboards aren't bare, but it's it's a pretty new team, and that's going to take time to gel with a new coach and all that. So I'm, like, comfortably into the NCAA tournament. I don't really want us to get run out of the gym. You know, if there's a Michigan game where things get out of control, you know, I could see us really getting rocked a couple, three times and being okay with that. But I, 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 I want to like hold our own in any given game, comfortably get into the tournament. And I'd, I'd like to see at least a win in both the Big Ten tournament and the NCAA tournament. <laughs> All right. I, um, I don't, so let's say that. So I'm saying we're in the tournament. We we win a couple tournament games wherever those come from, and that we just see that Coach Woodson's vision has a strong future. So I go a little bit less than you. I remember last year when when the the year before ended. Um. We kind of said, well, actually, I'm going back. Am I going back two years now? Yeah, I guess I'm going back two years. When we kind of said that Archie's team, the we needed to be in the NCAA tournament. This was the year they got cut short with COVID. Right. We all said, like, there's no daylight between what the team was in year two of Archie and improving that didn't include being in the NCAA tournament because we were right on the bubble. Correct. So we had to make the NCAA tournament and we don't know if we think we would have made it in 1920, but we don't know, but we think. And in 2021, I mean, we were terrible. I mean, it just, it just didn't come together for us in any way. My expectation this year is to be better than that. And so for me, it's just, I'm telling you, for me, it's just, we got to make the NCAA tournament. Okay. Okay. That's it. That is it. I'm not expecting to win a game. I'm not expecting Big Ten tournament success. We have to make the NCAA tournament. We cannot go another year. And now look, I will be extremely frustrated, Ward, if those things happen that you talked about getting run out of the gym, not winning a game in the Big Ten tournament, if Purdue smokes us again, both at home and on the road, I will be pissed off. But globally, when you really take a step back to think about what this team is, who the complement of players are, what is the skill set of this team, the bottom line is we couldn't shoot the threes, right, under Archie. We just couldn't. We were a bad offensive team. And part of that was because we couldn't shoot the three. Well, we lost a guy that shot 43% from three last year in Armand Franklin, and we lost a guy who shot 39.5% from three in Al Durham. And we didn't bring in anybody who has shot those percentages at all. Yeah. Miller Cop seems like he has the potential to shoot that level. He's never done it. Parker Stewart seems like he has the potential. He's never done it. They've both played in Power 5 programs and Power 5 conferences. They've never done it. So I just don't think we're going to shoot the ball that well. I really don't. And so I think that just caps your ceiling in such a big way. Um but I think we have to be better. My expectation is better, but I am trying to lower my expectations. I am excited for Woody. I'm excited for what they're going to bring to the table. But I do think 
thinking we're going to finish top four in the Big Ten, thinking that we're going to get a top five seed, thinking that we're going to be ranked all year. Um, I just don't, I just don't expect that. I expect to be better. And to your point, to see a brand of basketball that I feel confident will attract recruits going forward. And that's the thing, right? As a a fan, it was so miserable to watch those games last year. It was just a chore at best. And whatever the results of a given game are, if the shots aren't falling into your, I think it's a great point to like, Hey everybody, we're actually probably not that much better. If any better shooting from the outside, but then I'm like, okay, but we've just got to see a flow on offense. That's even, even when we're not falling from the outside, we can manufacture points other ways because trace is being utilized this way or coach Woodson just transition transition, right? Like move the ball. And defense, right? And that's one thing I think even going to the Bahamas trip and what the coach has been saying, like, yeah, like that's really what we've been harping on. And that's where we're, you know, pretty happy with the progress we're seeing and where the team's at, um, that all that stuff should result to us being in games, enjoying watching the games that that we're in. And that is what's going to ultimately win the day for most fans. Because if we're upset, we lost to Purdue again or we didn't get maybe as high a seat as we wanted, or we got knocked out in the first round because the matchup or the shots weren't falling that day. All of that we can move past in pretty short order. If we look back at the season and being like, I I like where it's going. And, yes. and, it's, and it's hard to put a win-loss record on that. It's hard to put a tournament uh, results on that. It's going to be something we all have we've watched Indiana basketball our whole lives. And I think you just, even if you can't break it down in the film room of exactly why you have a good or a bad feeling, we just all want to walk away from the season being like, yeah, this is going in the right direction. It's like pornography. You can't define it, but you know it when you see it. Like we can't define necessarily what the greats, what, what is expected this season but if it fe- if if we if we see it, we'll know it. Does that work in any I way? I mean, it just depends on the website you go to. I oh, think that fair enough. <laughs> like it's I, but I will say this word outside of the feeling. I do want to say I do think we need something tangible out of this year, which is making the tournament. We've, I mean, it like there's nothing else. If we do not make the tournament, I don't care how good we feel. It was a failure of a season. I, I don't think we cannot make the tournament and, but at the same time, be like, but I really liked what I saw out there. I mean, look, we're returning an All American. I mean, we're returning an All American for his third year. Like, how many teams in the country returned an All American? I think like two or three. Well, and the Big Ten overall, this is like there was two years in a row where it was just like everybody's coming back. They they are gonna be brutal again, and and this year, okay, like we're we we're bringing our guy back. You know, Illinois got some of their guys back. You know, Michigan's still really talented, but well, you know, Michigan and I've, lost some pieces. You know, I mean, Iowa lost the best piece. Yeah, Illinois I like, lost Iowa. Yeah. Like, 
Like but, there's been some losses, but you, you still, and then I could, you, obviously people are talking a lot about Purdue and Ohio state too, but you know, this is where, okay, because they all have been doing this for a few years. Um, and this is like, well, we got trace back. Um, but in terms of like r- people who are really going to produce and be productive, we're counting on guys who just showed up in Bloomington a few months ago to carry a big chunk of the load when you talk about all, all the different new guys. And, and so we probably should be a little bit patient in, in the first few games too, just to like, let everybody get their sea legs as a unit. We also have plenty of time to be patient because that non-conference schedule is a shit show. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Well, let's not beat around the bush. You can say you agree with the strategy, but it's awful. When your marquee game at home is St. John's, that's your marquee game at home. It's a shitty schedule. When your biggest road game, it, Ward, it is. I just, I, I just, I can't look at it at anything besides strategic. Like, no, if know, this but, was three years from now, I'd be like, oh my god, we're not where I'm we want to be. Agreeing with the strategy, but it is a shitty schedule. I mean, we are playing it's, a ton of shitty teams. Yeah, no, I love it. <laughs> I just want to. I just need to pile up some wins All as right, an Indiana man. men's basketball fan before anything else happens. Before any reality comes crashing through during the Big Ten season, I want to see us just wax some dudes. Let me just say this though. I'm going to just put this out there. Because of how shitty the schedule is, if we do not beat St. John's and Syracuse. If that Big Ten record is like eight and twelve, making the NCAA tournament is going to be difficult because there are going to be no real good wins non-conference to point to, and a lot of bad wins, like a lot of sub two fifty Ken Palm wins. So are I'm you just disagreeing saying, with the strategy? Because no, that, I, I, that's no, no, what no, it not, sounds like you're putting out there. I'm not disagreeing because I trust that they know what they need to do. But, but it does make the margin for error in the non-conference smaller because your two big games – I mean, we play Notre Dame, who's not supposed to be very good, but in the Crossroads Classic. But St. John's and Syracuse are the two games that, like, so much will be riding on. And if you win those, you're in great shape. If you lose both, you're in bad shape. If but you... there's so many quality wins to be had in the Big Ten. And but if we don't – And if go we go 12-8 in the not, Big Ten – if we don't get enough of those quality yeah. wins in the Big Ten, I'm going to be disappointed in this season. If we go 10 and 10 in the Big Ten or 9 and 11 and then had a non-conference where you got a couple decent wins, you make the tournament. Yeah. But if you have a shitty non-conference and you split those games and only have one good win and go 9 and 11 in conference, you may not make the tournament. It, it shouldn't come down to that. It should not come down to beating St. John's or Syracuse to get into the NCAA tournament. We should be enough of these quality Big Ten opponents that it's a no-brainer and Selection Sunday, we're just hoping for a decent seed and a good draw. Okay, but now we do have to talk about that because then what are you expecting in the Big Ten season? There's 20 games. What do you expect the record to be? I hadn't thought of it, but whatever whatever the number of wins is that makes the NCAA tournament committee being like, that's enough. They're in. What seat are we going to give them? To me, like, I'm look, there's so many ways to play this. Like, if you go ten and ten in the Big Ten, but all ten wins are, you know, you beat Purdue twice. You you know, like that that changes things. I'm going to assume though, if you go ten and ten, 
You may have a couple really good wins, but you're beating up on the teams you should. You know, you're winning the home games against the marginal teams. But, like, to do what you're suggesting, I think, like, to have no question, you got to go 12-8 and eight in the Big Ten. Great. I don't see there's – I don't – I I – I would be over the moon if we went 12 and eight in the big 10. I just don't see how we go 12 and eight in this big 10, but that's why they play the games. It's true. And it's, it's a good thing. We don't. Yeah. Uh, were you upset about them canceling the Cincinnati scrimmage? Did you have a thought on that? I don't care. You really don't, you know, no care oh, at all. I, no, it's a scrimmage. And look, if it's what they need to be healthy going into the season, no, like that, again, that should not affect how I feel come selection Sunday. Oh, I, I agree with you there. I just, you know, the I'll, to play devil's advocate, if you've got seven, eight guys that are healthy, is it not worth it for those seven, eight guys to beat up on somebody else and just get a sense of playing with referees against another team that doesn't know what you're doing, that you have to like make adjustments for in the game? Does it give those guys some much needed experience that they will not get now? Uh, yeah, I mean, sure. But like for me walking around in my daily life, am I like, fuck, I wanted that Cincinnati scrimmage? No, it doesn't phase me at all. Fair enough. Uh, I say we get to this... Uh, interview because uh it's someone we've been wanting to talk to for a long time uh it allows us to dip back into the iu women's basketball program which as you've said multiple times not only the best women's basketball team ever in indiana but one of the best in the country this year with legitimate goals and aims to win at the highest of levels and we've been lucky in sort of this new era of being able to talk to these players as they're playing for our university. And it's great to, to, to get to these people 5, 10, 20, 30 years after they played for IU and get a better understanding of who they are as people. But it's so great to be able to get them to, on the show now, get to know them now, get the listeners, obviously, to get the, to know them now because you, you just get more invested with this team right now instead of looking back at it and be like, oh, man, I really like the players on that team after the fact. It's like, oh, these are great human beings, and um, I, I think it's a real privilege that you and I have gotten to have these conversations th that have timed out with this women's team. What coach Morin has put together and built over several seasons is now become a monster and it's going to be uh, probably even more fun to watch them play. Uh, even more fun to watch them play as to talk to them. I don't like how I was setting that up to be phrased, but I think you yeah. know what I mean. I'm not sure. I thought I did, but then through in the end, I didn't. I threw it all off. Actually, I don't either. <laughs> yeah, more fun to talk to. Them. More fun oh. to watch them play than to talk to them. Yeah, than even to talk to them. But I, I don't want to diminish how fun it is to talk to them. Yeah, I know. Either way, you're insulting something there. Right. It's both great. They're it's both great. It's all be good. It, I, t I talk good. I do talk. Talk good. good. Uh, I also want to say this. If you're in Bloomington or the Bloomington area and you're looking for like something to do with the family season tickets for women's basketball are an insane deal. I mean, it's like, Ward, I think it's like 60, 70 bucks for season tickets. Why wouldn't you do that? I know you get like 15 games for that. Much. It's crazy. Like we got to support this team. So I would go to the IU Hoosiers.com website and sign up for season tickets. 
Uh, we're going to try to make it there for as many games as we can. I'm going to try to be there for maybe two games in December. But uh, all of this is because, of course, while they may not be powered by this, we, of course, are powered by... Peaks, 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 I realize I said powered by and a little I, redundant, little redundant. I do want to take this moment to say this, the straight no chaser fall concert tour starts this Friday. They're all over the country. Tickets are available at www.snc, straight no chaser, snc.music.com, snc.music.com. They're playing shows across the country, as they would say in the wrestling business, coast to coast, pillar to post. And uh, they are a fun show to go see. If you are looking for something to do, you're a supporter of Indiana, take the family, take a date, take your mom, take your dad, take whoever, and go see them play. They're, I mean, besides being extremely talented, they put on a great show. They like a lot of interaction with the audience. They're I super don't, funny. I don't think you can take, watch them play, right? Oh, is that what I said? Yeah, because if it was sports or instruments, but when you're singing, you're not really playing your watch voice. Them, listen to them sing, sing. while <laughs> you watch them also sing. <laughs> www.snc.music.com. I haven't looked at the um, calendar. If they come to LA, I'm going to that. They better, and you better take me with you. Yeah, we'll do that. Um, so make I'm sure not, you check I'm not taking out. my wife though. No, we know what happens with straight no chaser guys and your wife. We got to keep that away. <laughs> um, all right, let's get to, let's end on that and let's get to this interview. Here comes a guest. Here comes a guest. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another spectacular interview. I mean, it probably will be. Eric and I might mess it up, but I'm sure our, our guest is going to be great because she's great. Uh, Eric, why don't you tell people specifically why she's so great? Hailing from one of my favorite cities in the entire world, Columbus, Indiana, where she attended Columbus North High School. And in her time at Columbus North, her team's record was 99 and 9. That is a 91.7% win percentage. She scored 2,026 points in high school, 28th on the all-time Indiana scoring list. She has 11 high school records, points, assists, steals, top 10 on 24 of the school's single game, single season, or career record list. Basically, they should rename the school after her. Her senior year was the first ever state title for Columbus North. They went 28 and one that year. She scored 25.9 points a game, 8.8 rebounds, 6.1 assists, 3.1 steals, and shot 53.6% from the field i believe she also had a game or, or her highs in high school i'm sorry her highs in high school in points 44 rebounds 15 assists 12 steals 11 11 <laughs> steals in one game uh from there she was named the 2015 max preps national high school player of the year she was 2015 mcdonald's high school all-american she was parade all-american selection she was a two-time max preps all-american selection 2015 usa today all-american usa today second team choice 2015 naismith award watched 
I mean, 2015 Women's Basketball Coaches Association, All-American WBCA, 2015 Indiana Miss Basketball, 2015 Gatorade Indiana High School Player of the Year, 2015 USA Today All-USA Indiana Player of the Year. I mean, it's ridiculous. And then she, of course, made the one mistake of her life where she decided to go to Notre Dame. But that's okay. We're not going <laughs> to hold that against her. We're not going to hold that against her. But once she left Notre Dame and decided to come back home, to the true Indiana, not that South Bend. It's kind of, Notre Dame is kind of like Rome. It's it's like the Vatican. It's Vatican not really City. part of Italy, no. right? It's Great. a separate thing. She comes back to Indiana and here's what she's done since being at Indiana. I mean, I don't even know where to begin here. All Big Ten second team coaches and media 2018-19, academic All Big Ten, Big Ten player of the week or honor roll seven times, Ann Myers Drisdale, Drysdale Award watch list, Naismith Trophy award, uh, watch list and midseason team, Nancy Lieberman Award finalist, All Big Ten first team 1920, WBCA All-American Honorable Mention 2020, Wooden Award watch list, Wade Trophy watch list. I, I, I mean, became the program's 28th member of the Thousand Points Club. She ranks 15th all-time at Indiana with 1,368 points. She ranks third all-time in assists with 416. She will be playing in her seventh year of college basketball, which has also got to be a record for Indiana. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we're simply talking to one of the best that has ever done it. And that doesn't even speak to just her leadership, the emotional leadership, the on-the-court leadership. We are so happy to have the singular Allie Hatberg. <laughs> Allie, I've got to say, watching you listen to Eric, it seemed at a certain point you kind of checked out. You just, you've accomplished so much you got bored listening to it. Is it, is, does it still uh, uh, impact you, everything you've accomplished, or are you just too busy wanting to accomplish more? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's cool to sit back and listen to um, what I've accomplished, but how I've done it, um, just through my work ethic and believing in myself and having people supporting me and believing in me. Um, but it's, I mean, all of that stuff is great, but, um, you know, we haven't done what we, what I came to IU to do. Um, and so a lot of it doesn't really, I mean, it means a lot, but, um, I want to win a championship here and we haven't done that. So, uh, it's hard to look at it and, you know, truly take it all in right now. Uh, just because I feel like I, which we never arrived, but you know, I'm, I have a lot to, to do to get better at and grow from. So, well, yeah. by the way, I didn't even mention like the half of it. I mean, you've won a gold medal, <laughs> you played in Russia, like there's so much more. Um, but I did mean what I said about uh, the, the leadership and the way you play. You, you are, when you talk to your teammates, you are the emotional leader, you are the leader of, of this team. And we're going to get into a lot of the ways that I think that is exemplified by, by, by some of the things you've done in your career. But let's just start with, look, it's October 18th. The season is right around the corner and you've had a, a long and illustrious college career, but unless something nuts happens, this is probably it for you in, in college. <laughs> what, what, just give us a sense of how you're feeling at this moment heading into this final season. Uh, yeah, I uh, I have absolutely loved my experience um, in college basketball, um, especially here at IU. And I'm honestly, truly just 
trying to take in every moment. I'm attacking every day. Um, you know, I, I don't like to think about that it is my final year because um, it's it's emotional. I'm an emotional person, like you just said. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love every aspect of this program, the school, the university, the people that make it make up it. Um, you got, I mean, you're a part of it. Like it's incredible here. Um, and I'm, I, I'm just trying to, to do everything I can to stay in the moment and enjoy every, every small detail why I'm here. Um, but we're, uh, I mean, this is it for me. And so, like I said, I came here to win a championship. So I'm doing everything in my power, um, to control what I can control in order to be able to perform lead uh be a great teammate for my team so that we can accomplish that this year you so quickly tweeted out after the end (laughs) of the ncaa tournament yeah see you next season unfinished business so Mm -hmm. you've already said the stated goal is to win a championship i think we can say that that probably means both a big 10 and a national championship yes yes is is there anything else you're you're looking to get done? Because these are the team goals, and you clearly have the talent on this team and the experience to do it. Um, is there anything mm-hmm. else, maybe in your your game personally, you're looking to do? Uh, pick up like a doctorate degree. What what else you got? I mean, I'm I'm gonna graduate with a master's degree, so that's in awesome. What? In what? Um, so I'm in the school of public health. And I'm in administration, so I did Kelly, and now I'm doing admin. So I'm just <laughs> taking all right. it all. Time out. Time out. <laughs> I mean, look, well, you've been around a little bit, so I expect you to be very smart, and you are obviously <laughs> because you did undergrad. You graduated Kelly, right? Yeah. <laughs> but this is where you get smart. Then when you go for your graduate degree, you're like, where's Spia? <laughs> let's let's back it off a little bit. Let's make it a little bit easier my last couple of years in Indiana because all my moron roommates who flunked out of Kelly went directly to Spia as fast as they could. So that that right there shows the wisdom of Allie Patford. Um but what uh what yep. do you post oh. basketball? What do you hope to do with that degree? Or have you thought about that at all? Uh, I mean, I, 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 I truly want to coach. Um, I want to coach at the collegiate level. Um, but I, mean, I, I could do anything in the business world. I love business. I love numbers. Um, so a Kelly degree is a great fallback, you know, if coaching doesn't work out. But that's can, the ultimate goal. Can I ask a, a business question? Because one of the major things that's changed in college Mm -hmm. basketball for this this year is obviously name image and likeness rights and you are somebody who has taken advantage of it as evidenced by the shirt i'm wearing right now (laughs) i've got my ally patford shirt from home field you can get it at homefield.com go buy that they're by the way incredibly soft they are right they really are but this, along with, uh, I know you signed a deal with Merchants Bank out of Indianapolis. What, what has that been like, you know, somebody with a business degree and, and being able to take advantage of that? What, what's that been like and how has that changed things? Yeah, I mean, I think it's awesome. Um, not just for me, but for everyone now and in the future. I mean, we work really, really hard 
and we dedicate honestly all our time to basketball and school and so it's it's hard for us to make you know extra money because we don't have time and it just you know even if it's just a little bit um you know making money off of what we do how we you know how i how we all handle ourselves on and off the floor i think if you do it the right way um you can be you could be really successful in this area which is awesome and i'm just excited honestly for you know this is the first year so i think we're just hitting the surface um and i'm just excited for all the future players my teammates in the future that are going to really benefit from the opportunities they're going to get especially you know going to iu and being embraced by such a great uh, community here there's going to be so many opportunities that i think businesses are going to figure out how approach it and go about it um and right now there's still there's still a lot of question marks but they're gonna it's gonna be awesome and i'm excited now i feel like already being an indiana basketball player and mm-hmm. a student like that's i i barely accomplished one of those things <laughs> so in terms of just the number of hours in the day and how you can be sitting there going into this huge final season you have to do a couple SPIA classes and Eric's <laughs> wearing your shirt, like incorporating NIL into your life. Has that has, is it, I guess there are people who are afraid it's going to be too much overwhelming, a distraction, right? You, like, especially maybe for younger players who haven't right. been around the block a few times. How are you finding that balance? It's like a work life balance, essentially. Yeah, I think that's a really good point because for me going into it, I wanted to make sure I stayed focused on my goal, our goal. I never wanted to take it, take anything away from my team, our goals, um, because this is why I'm here. Um, this is why I have education. And so for me, what my, my mindset has been, if it takes away from my performance on the floor in the classroom, then I don't do it. Um, and if it makes me a better person, I do it. Um, and just trying to decipher what I want to, because everything takes time, um, invest my time in and where I can be most beneficial, not only making money, but just how it will allow me to have more connections and, and learn more and grow more. And so I think, you know, the things that I've done has honestly helped me, you know, whether it's nutritional benefits, whether it's taking care of my body recovery wise. Um, so I, Everything I've been a part of has only helped me, I think, grow as a person and a player for my performance for this team. Well, we would be remiss if we did not talk about another NIL opportunity that we are involved in with you (laughs) in a small way. And that is the first of its kind at at Indiana and really anywhere, the Hoosier Mm -hmm. Youth Camp that is coming up that you and your teammates are running, uh, that that we are involved in and... Mm -hmm. That is on November 6th. It's from four o'clock to six o'clock. It'll be basically a camp and clinic where you and your teammates get to run a bunch of girls under the age of 14 through a bunch of drills, spend time with them, take pictures. What are you looking forward to uh, about that? And if there's parents out there or siblings out there that have younger sisters or, or parents out there with daughters or grandparents with grandkids, why would why should they come to that? Yeah. Um, well, first, we're thankful that you guys are helping us and allowing us to put this on because we haven't had camps for the past two years, two seasons. And I know personally, I've missed out on 
doing that because I, that's one aspect I love. Um, just get, not giving back, but just, because I think they give to us a lot more than people give them credit for kids, just how, how they come in with, you know, excitement, um, a joy for the game, a love um, to grow, to learn, um, just to be in a room with uh, a gym with us. But for me, it's, I get joy from being in a, a gym with, with, with girls that have dreams that want to play for IU, just like us. Um, and we, Coach Morin has established a, a team and a culture that truly um, cares about that, cares about being good role models um, for younger girls, for anybody, younger younger boys too. Um, but just being a light for them and, you know, showing them, teaching them stuff. We have two hours to work with them and we'll show them everything we can and teach them everything we can, but just giving them encouragement and, and love and, like I said, I, I'm I'm really excited because that's one of my favorite aspects of being able to have this platform is to, to help others and to to be just a great role model um, for them to look up to. So. Well, and as Who's a future you? as a future coach, it's a good way to start testing yeah, those waters, too. right? Be like, mm, no, I can't stand this. I'm out. Uh, right. I will say when the we were privileged to make the presentation to you to say, hey, here's the idea your vocal leadership was in full effect because it was sort of like, oh, here, think it over. And you're like, hey, let's go. Let's sign up. Where do we sign up? Let's go right away. Right. Um, and, and we're very grateful for that because the team clearly looks to you. Sorry, I, Eric, uh, I interrupted. What were you going to no, say? No, better. I was just going to give the shameless plug for the website to sign up, which is, again, <laughs> HoosierYouthCamp.com. HoosierYouthCamp.com. There's still some slots, although we're filling them up pretty quickly. There's still some slots available. Um, so Ali, talk to us. We, we know what the goals are. We've had mm -hmm. the pleasure this off season of talking to Grace and Mac. Yeah. And, and now we've talked to you. I do think by the way, that the biggest missed opportunity is that the three of you need a nickname. Like I was trying to come up with it, like the three amigas, uh, you know, three amigos, <laughs> MV3. I don't know. Like I, you need a nickname because Ward and I were just commenting the, when you look at how, and I know you don't like talking about yourself, but when you do look at the skill level and the accomplishments of the three of you, and this is not to say anything about the rest of the team, because you have great pieces, Alexa Coolman, Nicole Cardano, Hillary, I mean, just amazing collection of talent. But to have three people at the level that, that you three are at on any team ever is remarkable. Um, what's it like going into practice with that level of talent, you know, every day. Yeah. Um, well, Grace Berger, um, Mackenzie Hall, I mean, both of them. So I, I was here before they both came in. And as a freshman, um, both of them just, it's been incredible to see their growth um, as a player and as a person and how they went, how they are to where they are is how hard they worked. Um, they bought into the process they've bought into the hard days, the good days. Um, but I think what's so cool is we are talented. They're very talented, um, but we all truly are focused on the team. And because we all are all starting five, all, you know, even our, ben our players coming off the bench are so talented, but with all that talent comes sacrifice. I mean, we're all, I think we all make sacrifices every day um, because we are so good, um, which is, I, I think is even 
cooler to see and how it all comes together and how we're willing to, to sacrifice, whether it means I take less shots or, you know, I play off the ball or grace, you know, just, just examples that we, we make every day um, for for the team is incredible, I think. And um, sometimes, you know, in practice, you just sit back, you know, you take a rep, you're, you're off and you're just watching like, gee, they're, I mean, Grace Berger is one of a kind. Mac, I mean, Mac can score. You're like, how did Mac just score that? Like, <laughs> I, like half the time, I'm like, that should not have went in. Like, she is so, it's hard to explain. Because I think part of it is, again, the work, but it's that that natural ability that they have that is is just cool to watch and experience. And I'm glad I, I can be their biggest fans. So... It has to be a scenario where you three all go to different schools uh, and I'm sure you all become very nice basketball players, but it, can you see like just the level of competition rise when a, a couple yeah. of gals like that come into the program? Like you are now a better basketball player than you would have been because those two ladies showed up. Yeah. I mean, when you, you know, we work out together every day. We practice together every day. And so they automatically, they, they push me to be better. They push me to work harder. Um, they push me to be better, better teammate, better person. Um, so again, the whole is always as good as, you know, the individuals and we, we push each other higher and higher every day, um, which makes the, the team even stronger. And so that's what's happened here. And I love it. I love it for IU. I love it for this program. Um, yeah, it's just been incredible to be a part of and to watch unfold. You talk a little bit about sacrifices and, and you mentioned like the idea of maybe taking fewer shots. And, right. you know, when you look at your career at Indiana, clearly after your first two years where you were the primary offensive weapon, mm -hmm. um, your numbers individually dip a, a little bit in, in the last right. years. The team gets better, right. obviously. Right. Was that even a um, was that even a hard decision for you? Um, because I think what what I think on the outside doesn't get enough attention is you had to know that that was going to happen when you decide to come back for your you know last year and and this year, right. and it does seem like Ward said there was no hesitation. Is that just how you grew up? Is that Terry mm -hmm. Warren? Is like what is it that allowed you to make those sacrifices so willingly? Yeah, I mean. So growing up, I, um, I've always played point guard and my dad actually was my, um, coach for as long as I can remember. Um, and they're both, so my dad and my whole family is a basketball family. And, um, uh, my dad just taught me how to play for the team. Um, he taught me how to be unselfish. It's actually, it's, it's a blessing and sometimes a curse. Um, for me, I, sometimes I'm, selfish by being too unselfish um you know just but that's how I I wouldn't trade it for any other way um but um I that's how I learned the game that's how I my favorite player was LeBron James growing up because I felt like he always you know made the right play um whether that was passing to his teammate in the corner for three at the end of the game and not taking a shot but he made the right play for his team um and Coming here, it was like the perfect fit. Um, so I think I was, again, taught the game this way, but then I think that's how – I know that's how Coach Morin is wired as well. And 
So for me, being a leader for this team has been easy because I follow Coach Morin and that's how she is. That's how she lives her life. I mean, that's unselfish thinking of others. Um, and so when I had the opportunity, uh, you know, to to come back, it was a no brainer, no matter no matter what the numbers were last year, this year. Um, but as you can see, I mean, my numbers were higher, whatever the first two seasons, but this was our best season last year. So that just shows you, you know, what, why I did, why I do what I do. I mean, we, we, we were a lot better. So, yeah. because we have more weapons, I mean, you're, you're harder to guard. So awesome. it's great. Well, we'll get more into Coach Morin and the coaching staff, but you've created this great segue to jump in the time machine and can go back to when you're you're even let's say uh, before maybe your your dad was your coach, right? Um, when do you remember growing? You grew up in a basketball family, so maybe it, it was just always this way. But do you remember when? You were like, I, I love basketball. I want basketball to be a big part of my life. It, it's not just the birthright. It's something you took ownership of. Uh, yeah. So my dad was the boys freshman JV coach at our high school. And so I followed him around everywhere. And I mean, I picked up a basketball truthfully, like, three years old. I mean, I remember vividly in preschool, we would have like a recess and I could shoot at the 10 foot goal, but the boys couldn't. Yeah. And like, I just vividly <laughs> remember that. And they were like, oh, what? And also like <laughs> I played with boys for a while just because there wasn't a lot of girls programs. And I played up, I always played two years up. So I learned my, I mean, I had to be tough. <laughs> I was smaller than everyone else. So Two I learned years up against boys. No, well, yes, but then once I started playing like AAU, um, I was a kindergartner and I was playing in second grade. So that's when I think we could officially start. So I played up two years, um, and I just remember always, you know, falling and getting back up. I mean, I, honestly, like um, it made me tougher. It made me realize I was, you know, I was small, but I could still. I can still hold my own. Um, but honestly, I, I just remember, I don't, I honestly don't remember when I was like, this is my love. This is my passion just because I feel like it's always been like that. Um, it's always been my own. And that's what I think too, growing up, my, my parents, my family, they, they always made it mine. You know, it was always my decision to work hard. It was always my decision to want to keep playing, to get in the gym at 6am. Like it was never, forced upon me and I think that's why I loved it and I do love it even more because my sister I mean she could she played in high school but she could care less I mean honestly and she'd tell you that but she played it was but it was her decision it was it was her life and I'm thankful that my parents gave me that that opportunity and choice so this is always a dangerous question to ask but you grew up in Columbus Indiana were you an <laughs> IU fan growing up Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. what do you remember? Like, who were the players that you loved growing up? Well, that's the thing. I I, I mean, I was all, always at the men's games. Yeah. Um, it, they just they just were. That's what I went. My dad took me. I just remember in Assembly Hall. I mean, it was I loved it. The atmosphere, the energy. Uh, I mean, I I loved Aaron Gordon. I loved um, 
DJ White, I think is his name. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I love the men's team. When Yogi Ferrell and Cody Zeller and Victor, I mean, I was like head over heels. And this is when I was going through the recruiting process. So it was kind of one of those like, uh, I mean, IU was always my top, one of my top decisions, but I truthfully, I just, they just weren't, you know, what they are now. And so, um, yeah, and I was a huge were, IU. Were you at the watch shot by any chance? Were you mm-hmm. at the No, you missed that one. Oh, no, no. But I, <laughs> I watched and I'm like, I, I it was funny because I was with some friends and, they were there was one or two Kentucky fans. I'm like, no, it's not over. And then he hit the shot. Uh, that was incredible. Yeah. Still is. Yes, it is. Okay, so as as you are coming into your own as a basketball player, um, I guess uh maybe the f- the first seminal moment in your high school career is when you guys come up a little short in the state <laughs> championship freshman year, right? Yeah. How does that shape the way you approach the rest of your high school career, which is incredible. <laughs> well, um, I, I, when we lost that game, I was devastated. I mean, I honestly, for a week or two, I was like, I, I was sick to my stomach and um, I was, we had the, it, it was weird because that team we had, I mean, we didn't have anyone over six foot. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people looked at us like, mm you know, like they're not good, but it was funny because growing up, my dad, I coached all of us in AAU. So when I played up two years, um, and my dad, you know, I, I vividly remember, and we were walking off the floor and he just, cause I was crying. And as I said, I'm an emotional person. Um, and he was like, we're going to be back. Don't worry. We're going to be back. And for the next two years, we came up short to Bedford North Lawrence in the regionals. Um, and they had one state, both of those years. Um, and then going into my senior year was like, again, it was like, this is it. Um, I had no choice because I was like, I have to bring a state championship to Columbus North, to this community, just because of the way they embraced us and supported us. Um, but it fully driven, it, it fully drove my, um, desire to be better. And it's funny because I, I committed to Notre Dame my sophomore year early just because. I mean, at the time, I felt like that was the right decision for me. And I didn't want to keep dragging it on because I felt like it was taken away from me Mm. or taking away from the team for our ultimate goal. And I wanted to get it honestly over with and because there was a lot of attention and a lot of phone calls I was making all the time. And I wanted to win a state championship. And so that was my focus, Um, which – I didn't have a lot of individual goals at all, honestly. Um, but winning, hmm. it took care of it, honestly, which is well, cool. Let, talk let's about. talk about your senior year because uh, both individually and team uh, achieved about as much as you can achieve. <laughs> um, what was it like your senior year, that that run to the state title and then ultimately that, that championship game? What do, you, what do you look back on fondly about those moments? Uh, I would say just the memories, the small memories, the bus rides, my dad, um, winning, winning a state title with my dad was everything. Mm. Um, just as much as he's poured into, to me, you know, as a person, of course, and as a player, um, you know, to my family, to my community. I, like I said, I wanted it bad for our school for, 
for my teammates. Um, but one thing that I, I truly love, and I'll, I'll share this forever, um, we all bought into our roles. And my cousin, so it's cool because my cousin, Sydney Papper, was a senior as well. Oh, nice. he, so my dad is a twin. And so her uncle, Rick, is the dad. And so, again, like I said, they both played in college and high school, and they're both huge in basketball, both coaches now. Um, but Sydney, it's funny because she, she honestly was not – she wasn't good at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, like she couldn't – I mean, she would trip over the line. I mean <laughs> – and, you know, she would tell you that, but she, and she never played, she always played JV. And then her senior year, she dressed varsity, but she never played. But when I tell you, she was, you know, probably the last in terms of off the bench, but she completely bought into her role of just being um, the biggest teammate, the biggest cheerleader. Wow. And so I, it, it was just cool because we had buy-in from the first person on the bench to the last. Um, and that's truly what won us state title because we had been more talented in previous years. Mm. Um, and so I, I just remember, you know, my dad telling us that it's, we're not going to remember who scored the most points, you know, who had the most assists. But when we come back here, we're going to see our team up in the, in the banners. And that's all, all we'll remember 20 years down the road. And that's what I try to live by here at IU is, down the road, no one, 20 years, they're not going to remember me as much as who won, you know, a championship. So that's, you know, what I try to remember every day uh, here as well. So with, with your dad and your uncle being twins, did yeah. they ever mess with you? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Give us an example. Well, like I, one time I went up to my uncle which I thought was my dad and they were in the same gym and um we were going home and I, he let me get in the car and everything <laughs> he was like well and I mean he, they thought we would have caught on and we didn't I mean I love it though because I use it too because they'll both be in the room and I'll be like no that's my that's my uncle over there and they'll go up to him and it's my dad and they'll be like so I my dad actually came to practice the other day um because he's still a high school coach and he was watching and they were all like, is that your uncle or your dad? Because they know they both there. And I'm like, that's my uncle. And so like the whole practice, they thought it was my uncle. <laughs> so I, I use it too, honestly, more than they probably do. Twin magic. I love it. Yeah. Um, we, we always like to get a little bit of a sense of, of the person beyond the basketball court. Although I have a sense that so much of your life was spent on the basketball court. But as a kid, what else were you into? Like, were you a movie person, a, a TV oh. person, a... Was there any other hobby that you had besides? Oh, you got something. All right. What well, is it? I played soccer till I was in ninth grade. So oh. I played travel soccer and travel basketball. So it was every other night or every night I had practice every other weekend I was traveling. Um, but I honestly, I, I love so soccer. And it was funny because <clears throat> when I decided to give it up, it was really hard because um, I loved it that much, but I just knew. I love basketball more and I wanted to be as good as I could be in basketball. And I knew I was going to have to put in more time outside of practice to be, to do what I wanted to do at North and to be what I wanted to be as a player. So I, I ended up giving it up, but I do, I, I miss it, but 
But, yeah. but that was it. It was sports all the time. Honestly, yeah. And family. What, yeah. what about music? Were you a music person? Do you get into music? Uh, not so much as a kid. I mean, I listen to it now, but it's not like... What's, what's your oh, music? I went to a if, concert. Right. Yeah, not a concert goer. But what no. if you're... If you're um, if you're working out and you want some hype music, what are you listening to? Uh, <laughs> I like a lot of hip hop, but I, I would say Lecrae. I don't know if you've heard of him, but he's a he's a Christian hip hop artist. A lot of people probably wouldn't know. So Lecrae, yeah. <laughs> I am not up on my Christian hip hop. <laughs> a lot of people be like next, but <laughs> there you go. I, I like it. I like it. So uh, you ba- address the the recruiting thing, but maybe we could talk about it just for a moment, because even though you made that decision early, yeah. um, I mean, Notre Dame, uh, I don't know, do you, I'm sure there were pictures of Ruth Riley yeah. around the locker room. So she was the nemesis to like uh, the women's team at my high <laughs> school in Peru. And um, what, when, when you were making that decision, mm-hmm. even being, born and raised in a Hoosier family did like, was that hard for you? Did you feel like you were betraying what you grew up as? Uh, honestly a little. Yeah. Uh Um, but I mean, I, I wanted to go to a great school, a great, get a great, great degree. Uh, I wanted to go to a program that was top in the country at the time. I wanted to be relatively close to my family so they could come and support me. Um, it was in the state of Indiana, so I still wanted to be in Indiana. Um, <laughs> but so, I, I mean, it checked all the boxes. And again, I think I might have, I wouldn't say I rushed the process because honestly, it, it felt right. And I'd been going on visits there since I was eighth grade. So it wasn't like it was a spur of the moment decision. Um, but it, again, it it felt right at the time. Um, and again, I, I wanted to focus on what I was doing in the now. And so I, I committed and yeah. And was there ever a conversation where it was like, okay, Ali, we understand. I use not quite where you want it to be as a program, but you absolutely cannot go to Purdue. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> no, no, don't cover your mouth. Yeah. Own it. It's okay. Own it. We like that. Yeah, I, I couldn't go to Purdue. I mean, honestly, I mean, the program was great when I was going through the recruiting process, but it was funny because my mom at one point was like, Allie, because again, my parents, they were all, you know, you decide, we're here for you. You know, they gave me guidance here and there when I asked, but they never pressured me into anything. But my mom was all, she did finally say one time, she's like, ah, I don't think I could ever wear that black and gold. <laughs> <laughs> and my mom takes a lot for my mom to, look let's be honest Notre Dame is a special place and 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 obviously has a ton of history when yeah. it comes to women's basketball a history that Indiana at the time did not have so you go to Notre Dame and pretty quickly you deal with something that that ended up becoming you know a, a pretty major thing for you to have to deal with which is a major injury mm-hmm. and um had you ever, up until this point, dealt? I mean, you played sports your whole life, soccer and basketball. Had you ever dealt with a big injury? No, I, I hadn't. And so, it, honestly, it, it rocked my world. And because I've all I've known is basketball and sports. And uh, to be a freshman, I mean, in a high Division One program is is hard, hard, hard in itself. And 
you're going through a lot. And so then basketball was taken away. And so it was, it was, um, like I said, it, it rocked my world. And so I had a lot of time to think and really figure out what I wanted. I, I discovered who I was as a person. And um, so, I, which I think led to me really figuring out um, why I was there and really what I wanted and which led me to IU. And so it was really hard, um, you know, not having basketball and going through that type of injury um, is hard questioning whether you're going to be able to play if you'd be like yourself again. Um, but I, I do say this and I stand by this. I would go through all of that again to get here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm thankful. I'm really thankful. Did, I, did you, you said like, it gave you a lot of time to think, I mean, obviously yeah. you then you battle back and you, you were there for another year, but was it during the time of the injury that you started to realize that maybe it wasn't the right fit? Like, is that when that process started for you? Yeah. Um, just, and Notre Dame is a great program, sure, great sure. people, but I just felt like, I don't know. I just didn't feel like I was where I was supposed to be. Um, you know, I just, I don't know. Like I, every day I, you know, I go out to practice. I want to feel like, you know, I'm playing for something bigger than myself in the sense of, and I just felt like, I don't, I don't know. I just felt like it wasn't where I was meant to play. I, I had a lot of setbacks that next year. Like I had another a second surgery on my knee. I got sick. I came down with pneumonia. I mean, I, yeah. it was just like, I wasn't supposed to be there. And I don't know. I, I took a leap of faith and decided I wanted to try to find somewhere else. And this is what I found. <laughs> well, and was it, was it in more in that order of like, this just doesn't feel right. Um, I'm going to look for something else or or were you starting to get an idea of what was happening in Bloomington? I honestly didn't, truthfully, 100%. I, it's crazy how it all worked out because I didn't know where the heck I was going or what I was going to do. Honestly, didn't know if I'd had another, if I would have another opportunity just because the two years at Notre Dame wasn't much um, playing wise. I didn't do much. Right. <laughs> I'd be like, I wonder if people will remember I was Miss Basketball two years ago. That was my thought process. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> honestly. I get it. Sure. No, honestly. I mean, and um, it was funny because um, Coach Banks at the time, um, she was the first person to call me because at that time you had to be released. So um, all the schools that wanted to talk to me had to get a form saying that they could talk. Well, are you got mine? And JB, I call her JB. She, she reached out and then I talked to every, everyone on staff. And they were like, hey, like, we want to get you on your first visit here. I'm like, what the heck? So I scheduled my first visit. It was um, Indy 500 weekend. and Little five? Little five, yes, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Indy 500, little five. Yeah. And um, it was my first visit. And I didn't take any other visits. <laughs> wow, really? <laughs> that was a, lot of people, a lot of people were like, should you take more visits? Because you were kind of quick on the first go time around and I literally I I was driving home with my parents and we got back we got to the Starbucks over here in the corner by the um by the college mall and I was like this is it like I don't want to go home like it just felt right um in every aspect and um they believed in me they believed in I loved coach Moran's vision and what she wanted to do here and 
I wanted to be a part of it. I wanted to be a part of bringing women's basketball to the level it should be. Um, and I wanted to be a part of that. And so I made the decision and called her that night. And that was it. <laughs> so so. That, that is, you know, a big change from when you were being recruited to when you decided to come to Indiana it was obviously Terry Moore. Uh, yeah. She was not the head coach when you were being recruited and when right. you committed. Um, did you know her or know of her at, at all? And, and then what is it? I mean, we love her. We absolutely <laughs> love her. She's like one of our favorite people in the world. <laughs> I know she thinks we're both total shit at basketball, but that's fine. <laughs> she knows. She that means she knows, means she knows we're both total <laughs> shit at basketball. <laughs> um, but, but we do, there is something special about her clearly. And we've only been around her a little bit. What is it? So the two questions, did you know of her? What did you know of her? And then what is it if you had to like crystallize it? What is it about her that you connected with and so many do? Well, I, so going through the recruiting process, she was at Indiana state. And so she had been to a lot of our, so our travel AU team um, was really good. And so we always had a lot of coaches there and mm -hmm. she was recruiting some of our girls, um, me, and so I knew of her um, and then she got the IU job. It was actually my senior year and I already made a decision. So I wasn't really obviously thinking about that. Um, I knew she had went to Seymour. I knew she played at Purdue um, before I even, you know, went to college. Um, she seemed really nice just with my interactions. Um, but I think the one thing that um, just people connect with her, especially, I mean, everybody, me, I think that she she's such a great leader because she she walks the talk and you see it every day. Um, she preaches working hard. She preaches, you know, treating everyone. She treats the managers like she treats um, Scott Scott Dolson. I mean, so mm -hmm. she she doesn't act like she's here, um, and which I think is awesome. I mean, she's a leader that you know, I, I strive to be like every day. Um, and just, she's really lighthearted, uh, you know, but when it's time to be serious, she's serious. Um, I just think she, again, she walks, she walks the talk in everything she does. So I, I truly, and I, she's genuine. So people can see that they feel that mm, uh -huh. for sure. So, yeah. I do want to take a step back for a second because both in the intro and in my previous question, we just glanced right by that you won Miss Basketball. <laughs> and and I know you're all about the team, and so you're probably comfortable just going right by that. But that's it. It's the best basketball state in the country, in the world, and you were named the top female basketball player without being uncomfortable talking about yourself and an individual accomplishment, it's got to have some, some real meaning for you and, and maybe even your family, your teammates, your community. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, that definitely wasn't my focus. Um, I just wanted to win. And again, that fell into place. Um, but when I won it, it was, it was, really cool like you said for my family for my community um but I think it was really cool too for me because I know all the great players that have gotten this basketball and so for my name to just be in a category with players like that people like that 
uh, was incredible for me. Um, just to think that I was even, you know, and again, in the category with them. Um, but I think, again, a lot of this, I think I'll look back and it'll mean even more later on in life. Um, but yeah, that's just about how I feel about it. I love how uncomfortable it makes you. It's just so <laughs> great. <Squirming. laughs> totally. All right. So let's get to, you transfer to Indiana and this is, you know, even though it's just several years ago, it's before the time where the NCAA was just granting waivers to anybody and, and, and allowing people to forego having to sit out, but you had to sit out. So this is now your second year of sitting out once for injury and once now for transfer, but you sit out during a season that up until that point is the greatest season, you know, arguably that Indiana women's basketball has ever had. Now, granted we had made the tournament, the NCAA tournament before, but there was something special about going to the WNIT and then winning the whole damn thing and <laughs> seeing assembly hall packed by the time that that thing was over. I mean, that had clearly never happened. What was it like at that point? You know, I think back now to your cousin being the cheerleader and the right. teammate, and that is what your role has to be that yeah. year. What yeah. was that season like for you? Um, and, and what, what about being that role on that team? Yeah. Uh, well, it was incredible. I mean, when we, when we walked out of the tunnel, the championship game and we saw the crowd, it was like, I grew up watching the men's team and it was always full. Yes. You know, and that, that's something when I decided to come to IU, it's like, that's what I, I want it to be like that when we play. Um, and to see that, that was, I mean, I just got goosebumps and it was funny when we won, um, again, I'm an emotional person. I started crying and I didn't even play a game at all that season, but I was, I think that I was able to learn so much from Tyra, Tyra Buss and Amanda. I, I'm thankful that I got the opportunity to watch them do what they do every day. Um, it inspired me. I learned a lot from both of them. Um, but during that season, I mean, I, me and Brenna Wise, we, um, we worked so hard. Um, we were doing two to three workouts a day with practice and um, the coaches were pouring into us, even though we weren't even playing, which I think is incredible. Um, but it was great for me just to be, you know, on the bench using my voice, um, trying to help where I could um, and just to be a part of, again, the whole season because we didn't start out good at all that season and to just see our fight and our turnaround and um, our coaches and how they never gave up and I, I, just how it all unfolded was awesome to to see and to be a part of and you know I played on the scout team a lot so I like to say I made our, our made our team better <laughs> did, did you guard Tyra a lot in practice yeah 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 I mean that had to be uh oh it was Again, another just great no, you know, yeah. level raiser for your game. Oh, yeah. Like when I was deciding to come here, it's like I, I knew that would be the case and I would learn from her. I'd play against her. Wow. Uh, she would push me. So I, I was like, oh, yeah. Uh, to, to, to be able to do that with Tyra was awesome. And we're, we're talking about practice in the words of Allen Iverson. We're talking about practice. <laughs> and I can't help but notice that behind you, there's not a picture of Assembly Hall, it's of Cook Hall 
where yep. where you practice. Is there is there a story with that picture? I'm not even sure where no. you are right now. Are you? So I'm in Cook. I'm in our locker room. Okay. We have a little uh, like office room. Yeah. Okay. It's just of people that have graduated. A picture of them. So when you were you were in this year of practice because when you were injured uh, at Notre Dame there's only so much you can do to get better as a player you're right. just trying to get healthy as a person right um was there a feeling of like hey this is kind of like a free year it's it's not counting against my eligibility I can just get better so when you're ready to hit the court the following year you're really ready to go yeah um yeah I mean that was the goal was to get way better than I came in um and our our coaches are incredible skill development everything I mean Kev our strength coach I mean that was a goal too. get in shape get strong yeah we don't um, like him just so no. you know, we don't we have nice a guy don't care I know I, yeah, real nice guy but <laughs> hey at know, times oh. I don't like him either <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> no I, I love him but um so it, I mean every aspect um I was trying to get better so I you know, when Tyra left, I knew as a point guard, I was like, I have to be ready. I had to be ready mentally, physically, emotionally. And so I that was a huge year for me. I mean, again, it was my third year of not really playing college. But I mean, I hadn't really played. And so that was, you know, at times, I'm not going to lie, that was, you know, a fear of mine. Like, I sit out three years in a row. Like, am I going to be able to do this? Um, but again, the support I had around me, the belief that they had in me, I mean, I wouldn't be here without that. So you know, it's so funny you bring that up because I want to. I want to hit on two things. But I I used to work uh, at World Wrestling Entertainment uh, and <laughs> work with the wrestlers. And it's funny you said it, it like all the way out. Like yeah, well, I like some people may not know the acronym. WWE. No, I think everybody knows the acronym. Do I don't okay. think they know the okay. expanded version. WWE. WWE. And one of the people that I worked very closely with was Triple H. Do you know Triple H, the wrestler? Uh, Have you heard of him? He's uh -huh. one of the bigger wrestlers in the history of, of wrestling. Huge guy, very popular. I mean, just one of the biggest stars. But, you know, wrestlers get injured all the time. And he had major injuries. Like he, at one, he tore his quad like off the bone oh. and, and had to battle back from that. Wow. And he was... And he did that at the peak of his popularity. And he told me that whenever, and there'd been a couple of times where he'd come back from injury, but he said there was a moment, there is a moment where you're back from injury and you go right before the moment where you walk through the curtain, you have this fear of, can I still do it? do people care? Like, like in wrestling, it's a little different because it's do the fans still care? But he did have right. to talk about this fear of, do I still have it? And that that is a real fear. And like you said, you really are coming off of three years of not playing much. I mean, at you, your second year in Notre Dame, I think you played less than eight minutes a game. Yeah. Um, and you, you, you mentioned that. How do you get over that? Is it just force yourself to ju you just go out there and do it the the, the game's going to start whether you're ready or not and let's just see what happens no i mean it is is a it's a real fear um but i again i'm thankful because i did have that that year three it was like i 
push myself. I worked so hard. And so then when it was game time, it was like, I'm ready because I, I had confidence that I was ready. Um, but I mean, that fear was real, you know, when I'm going through these workouts and being pushed and trusting my body and trusting everything again, I mean, honestly. And so, but again, I think I truly believe that, I mean, the support I had around me, they believed that I was going to be better than I was before. And I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be here if I didn't have that support. My, you know, the coach, my coaches, coach Morin, my family. I mean, you have to have people around you. I feel like that believe in you, you know, when other people, you know, don't, you don't at times. Um, but just working through that mentally. Um, yeah. I mean, I, the work I put in gave me confidence. So we had the pleasure and privilege of talking with James Blackman Jr. last week, who I'm sure you remember very well from your, yep. your growing up and watching uh, <laughs> the last Indiana men's team to win a Big Ten championship. And he was injured that year and he had to be a cheerleader. But yeah. one thing he said was that he really enjoyed being an IU student that year. The pressure <laughs> of game performance was off and he could just kind of be a college kid a lot of the time. Yeah. Were you able to sort of uh, uh, start to enjoy being in Bloomington and a student, or were you too focused on getting back to the thing? Uh, uh yeah, I, I wasn't. <laughs> I was too focused. Yeah. <laughs> partly too. I mean, I, academic wise, I had a heavy schedule just because I was transferring, and so I was trying to get into Kelly. I was trying to do all that, so it was a lot. But I'm not gonna lie, and I'm not just saying this because we're doing an interview. I was. I was here a lot. Let's just say that. <laughs> All right. Well, good. I mean, look, it, it paid off. You know, one of the more remarkable things I think so far about the Terry Morin era, let's call it, <laughs> is that we, we see this a lot in college basketball overall, that you, you build around a couple players that are that era's players, let's say. And clearly Tyra Buss and Amanda Cahill were that era's players. And the program got better underneath them and, and obviously with Terry coming in just kind of added took everything to a new level and right. then they win the WNIT right and then they're gone right. um and usually what happens in college basketball is you take a step back then before you reload with hopefully even better players because you're banking on the success that you had and then it takes you a couple years you come in now and now you are the point guard of this team and, and almost immediately become the leader, I would say, of this team. And granted, you're not a freshman. You know, you're, you're an upperclassman by years, yeah. which has to help. But you guys start that season 14 and one. You know, I mean, you come out of the gates hot. And, and I, I mean, my ultimate point is you take another step forward as a program here because you make the NCAA tournament. We'll get into that. But you go 14 and one. It is a new era, basically, with new players. And then you hit a pretty big speed bump that year. And the big. rest of that way, you go you go from 14 and 1 to 5 and 10 the rest of the way. Look, she's you can tell you're uh, like, but <laughs> you know, Allie, you're not used to losing, you no. know, as a player. What was it like the high of the high of oh my god, 14 and 1, you're healthy finally, you're playing, and then the big drop-off. How did you guys keep it together? How did Coach Morin keep it together? Well, I, it's a testament to, um, I think, our togetherness, our belief in one another, because uh, 
it was hard. I mean, I'm not going to lie. That was during that time. I also got injured. I hurt my shoulder. And so it was like, we're losing. I'm hurt. Like it was, it was rough, but we never, we never gave up. We stuck to our game plans. I mean, we, cause I felt like in a lot of those games, we were close. We were right there. Um, but also that just shows you, you know, we, I, that was my first year. Um, Brenna, you know, we, the leadership, we were, we were great leaders, I like to say, but I think we were, we weren't familiar with the consistency that was needed, um, you know, with practice every day, like it's every day, we gotta have a good one, like we would string together one or two bad practices, and I mean, that that's what happened when, you know, you win, you win, you win, and then we didn't practice as well. You know, we lost. Valley, can you can you help us as fans? Because we hear this all the time. Like coaches say, yeah. oh, I didn't like how we were in practice yesterday. I didn't. What does it mean a bad yeah. practice? Does it mean, I mean missing shots? Like what? What does it, it mean? Well, I'll just say, okay, for Coach Moore, you know, a bad practice is really low energy. It's not being sharp. It's turning the ball over. It's it's mm. missing shots. Um, it's you know, not doing the little things. I mean, whether that's, you know, getting into your man when you need to get up. I mean, in just the pace of practice, the, I mean, it's everything. And so, you know, what I've learned my first year at IU, I, I wasn't consistent enough as a leader. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could see that with our record and how we hit a speed bump. But again, we have to, we have to hit those speed bumps in order to learn and grow. Yeah. And, you know, we did and we grew and we, made it to the tournament. Um, we won our first game. I mean, so there was good in it, but you know, during the time it was, it was pretty dark and rough, but when, you know, things are bad, I love the people I'm around. And so when you have those bad days, you want to look around and be like, you know, I'm still happy because I'm with people I want to be with, you know, um, and get through those hard times. And we did. So. Well, I would have to imagine that, you know, you guys beat number 10 Iowa, right, towards the end yeah. of the year. That's got to be a big confidence booster. That was awesome. That was awesome. You, you beat down the Boilers senior night, okay, yeah. and then and then you, you take Minnesota one game in the Big Ten tournament. But just to talk about Selection Sunday. Monday, and, right? Uh, Monday, Selection. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, Selection Monday. Monday. What, what, what was that experience like in hearing Indiana's name called? Yeah, that, so my first year, that was, that was scary. I mean, because, because we, <laughs> I mean, honestly, because we, at the time, I think we were a 10th seed, I think. Yes, yes, you were. And we were not, I mean, it was like, every day it was like, I was, I mean, people were looking at, um, you know, the brackets, the bracketology, it's like, are we into that? Like, it was so questionable um, at that time, and you know, in that moment when we were waiting for that day for Selection Monday, it was like then and like right then I was like, and this is why <laughs> you you take care of business in the season. Um, you don't you don't want this feeling. I mean, you want to know you're in. You know, like you can handle like what seed you are, but you want to know that you're safe and you're in. Um, but then when we found out we were in, it was like it was awesome. It was incredible. So because we were so iffy we didn't know and then we knew and uh but then it was like once we found out who we were playing it's like no one thought we would win right so we were like we're going to win i mean that was our goal and obviously we did um but yeah so 
Was that the year that the bracket got leaked? Yes. So I we mean, actually we we knew before it came on TV, but when we found out, still we were like, yes, like yeah, because it's one of those things like it gets leaked, but you're like, is this the real one? That right. no, we were like, right? was that a prank? Like, right? Because <laughs> I remember too, we were in we were in like the last region to get revealed on TV, yes. so we're all like are we really in or not? So yeah, it was, it was a lot, but. Then you, you glossed over it, but you do get to lead a team into the NCAA tournament where you're playing a higher seed. You play Texas in the first round. Yeah. I mean, your journey, you know, to get here, injury, transfer, sitting out, uh, this year was a very tough year, but here you are with a real opportunity to do something that I think at that time had Indiana ever done? I don't think Indiana had ever won an NCAA tournament game at this point. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. And if so, maybe one. Maybe. Um, what was that game like? What do you remember about that environment and playing against Texas in that game? Yeah, well, we would, so Texas, um, they were they were big. Like, they were, like, huge, athletic. And, I mean, honestly, like, we knew offensively we'd be okay. Um but I mean, defensively and rebounding, it was like, I mean, these girls are crafting. I mean, uh, I can't remember. Joyner Holmes. I mean, she, I, I think she could dunk at the time. I mean, wow. and Brenna Wise, love her to death, but she's six, what, six foot, six one, was guarding her. I mean, at one point, I'm like, Brenna, just box her out and we'll go get the rebound, like just hold her off. Yeah. But so we, they couldn't have been more different than us from our style of play, from the personnel. Um, but we just had this belief that we were going to win. And that's how we came in. We came in with a chip on our shoulder and we won and we had fans. I mean, we had a lot of family and friends that were there. So that was really cool to celebrate with them. Um, but I never experienced it before where I'd been playing and won, even been in the NCAA tournament playing. So that in itself was just was a cool experience, but coach Warren kept saying like, we're not here just to be here. We're here to, we're here to win. And that's how we came into that. Uh, I do want to take a step back because it's something you said at the beginning that when you decided to come to Indiana, you know, you were talking about how you have unfinished business here at Indiana and that's that you haven't won a championship and you want to bring that to Indiana. And that's why you came to Indiana. Right. When you came to Indiana, winning championships was not something that had ever been done at Indiana. And truthfully, there was no evidence that we were on our way to that level. Yeah. What was it about what you saw, what Coach Morin communicated that gave you the belief that that was even possible? Well, <laughs> it was funny because going into, so the season, when I, my first season here, not so when I set out, there were only four returning players from the previous year. So didn't even know there, we had five freshmen coming in, me and Brenna coming in. So it was like a whole new team. Like how in the world would you even yeah. see that vision? But I, I just believed in coach Morn and, and just the way she carried herself, the way I felt like, again, I knew as a player and a person, like I was, I was down, my confidence was down. You know, I, I knew I wasn't a player. I was in high school, but I knew the, the coaches, the, the staff here, um, they were going to believe in me. They were going to push me really hard. And they have pushed me really, really hard. Um, 
I don't know. I just, I just felt <laughs> right. I mean, honestly. I get it. I mean, it, I, I'm a Hoosier at heart, so it's like it would I be a dream come true to play here. So well, and you you talk about it being a feeling, and you're such an emotional person yeah. and player. I mean, you're you're screaming on your own signature T-shirt. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how do you? Because I I feel like it's a double edged sword emotion with sports, right? Like, how do you use that for good and yeah. not let it get in the way when yeah. when things are going bad or you're feeling bad? Oh yeah, I and that's um you know I think I know as a as a player I've de- I've grown and developed in that area because I'm gonna not gonna lie like emotionally when things don't go well you know I'm you can tell. Um, you can see it, my play, see my body language. And that's something that, you know, Coach Morin got on me a lot early on was, you know, when you mess up or things aren't going your way, you know, you gotta, you gotta have still a good body language. You still gotta be, you know, leading the team. You gotta be talking. You gotta be, you can't get within yourself, which I used to do. And I've, I've grown in that area where I mess up just staying calm. Um, but you know, emotional leader, I think I get emotionally excited for myself, but I think, you know, what's more important as a leader and a teammate is I get excited for my teammates, Yeah. you know, and I think people see that and they feed oh, off. Oh yeah, you see it for sure. Yeah. So I want to be there right when they make that play. I want to be there to give them a fist pump or, you know, yell in their face because, um, you know, that's something you can always control the way you're the way you go about being a teammate and a leader. And that's what I try to do. So. it's great. Uh, when, when I was doing some research on this and, and we've now talked, like I said, we've talked to coach Moore and we've talked to grace, we've talked to Mac and I've kind of studied the years of the Terry Moore era. It's such an interesting stepping, uh, stepping stones each year. So for example, the first year that you were there, you win the NIT but, but obviously winning the NIT means you don't make the NCAA tournament. So you win the NIT, which is great. And right. it gives you confidence to win in a tournament environment and winning a championship is important, but it fuels the next step, which is we got to make the NCAA tournament. The next year you make the NCAA tournament and you win a game, which clearly takes the program up another notch. But then you come face to face with one of the best teams in the country at, at the end of that tournament run. And they, show the difference, I think, between where the two programs were. Okay, so the next year, it's like, can we move the program up? So now you're in the 1920 year. You start 14 and two. But more <laughs> importantly, I think, you play South Carolina in in the non-conference schedule, which I think at the time was ranked top five in the country, fourth mm-hmm. in the country. Five. You just couldn't see my thumb. because. Oh, sorry. Me. Five in the country. <laughs> and you beat them. It's the first time that Indiana has ever beaten a top five opponent. Clearly, South Carolina is a perennial power. And it's kind of like, wait a minute, we just took another step here. We are at that level. Could you as a player feel that happening, that the program was just elevating each year? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's hard because you're in it, you know, right. you're 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 in it so it's hard to like step back um but again I just remember I mean I know we were elevating as a program because we went into that game and there was no doubt that we could hang with them 
And so I think it was in that, I mean, we beat them, but it was before the game, like, there was no doubt in our coach's mind. There was no doubt in our minds that we could hang and beat them. Um, you know, I think that they didn't know it, but, <laughs> but we, we knew it and we believed it. And I think once you get to that point, it's like, okay, you're, you guys are, we are, we are growing, we're getting better because we were able to think like that. You know, we were able yeah. to believe. It's, um, it shows you how important, you know, Bobby Knight used to say that basketball is, you know, it's, three uh, mental to physical is three is to one. Oh yeah. Right. And, yeah. and that you're, what you're talking about is just confidence and yeah. mindset. Clearly yeah. you have to have the talent, right? But, but, but there isn't a huge difference in talent when you're talking really good programs, but there right. could be a difference in mindset. And for a program right. that had never experienced this success, here you are with a coaching staff that's allowing you to believe this. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, so we should just take a moment because we we haven't been able to do this with the men's program at all um just the the regular beatdowns of purdue you're administering (laughs) at this point because you guys are you're you're ranked all season and purdue has historically been a much stronger program but you as a born and raised that you gal now back in bloomington is it always extra fun just beating on purdue uh, yeah, it is. I mean, <laughs> I, again, I'm a Hoosier, so growing yeah. up, I didn't like Purdue. I mean, but they're, again, they're a great program. And I mean, every we're, team, say I, I say that, honestly, <laughs> in the Big Ten, I mean, any team can win at any night. So yeah. you have, uh, truthfully, and you have to approach each game like it's your rival. I mean, because you go on the road and even here, like, you got to bring your A game. And uh, if you don't, you're going to get beat. So. Yeah. That's just how we've approached each Purdue game and not, you know, getting excited for the rivalry, but also not getting too excited. You know, remembering it's mm-hmm. it's another game, but it is a special game. So it's sure. it's, a, it's a happy medium. So in 1920, you start 14 and two, you beat South Carolina. You in win 1920? <laughs> what? what do you I know you were saying 2019, 2020 season, but you said in 1920. Oh, sorry. The 1920. She hasn't been there that long, Eric. Right. (laughs) All right. So the 2019-2020 season, you start 14 and two, and then something interesting happens here. You lose three in a row. And like the year before where you hit a big speed bump, it's like, oh, wow, could this be derailing things? But this year, it doesn't. This year, you get your shit together and you win nine of the next 11 to finish 13 and five in the big 10. Do you remember anything about that time when you lost those three in a row and then got it together? Did it feel different than the prior year? Did, did the prior year losing like make it so that you guys had learned from that? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, as a leader, um, as a player, we didn't let it shatter our world. I, I would say, I mean, cause that, that first year was like, we lost, like, uh, and you know, I emotionally, I wore it on my sleeve. I walked around. And so then we lost, it was like, no, like we're good. Um, we're great. We're a great team. We saw it. I mean, we, it was just like small things in film that we were seeing, like if we would have done this or that, I mean, we were always in right there and we knew we just had to fix those things and be better. And, um, you know, last year too, was just a, crazy year um with preparation with the off season 
um, that, you know, we jumped right into it. Um, I remember we hadn't done like contact till the first day of official practice. And, you know, we go all summer, all fall. You're, you're, you're talking about last season now. Yes. yes. Right. So you're, so you move beyond 19, then oh, 2019, 20. No, that's okay. Because the, uh, look, I can well, understand we lost why. By the beginning, right? Well, the beginning of 2019, 2020, you start 14 and two, you lose three in a row. This is the year that gets cut short because of COVID, oh. where it gets canceled. Um, right, right. But are you talking about the, the season we started out three? We lost like three? No, no. I was in 2019, 2020, the season you beat South Carolina. You oh. guys start 14 and two. But and then, then we lost three. three. Yeah. Right, right. Well, same, same thing. I mean, we, again, we had learned, like, we got to bounce back. Like, right. we not let one roll into 10 or whatever. So again, it comes with leadership and consistency and showing up when, you know, it's not going our way or the ball's not rolling our way, but I just, but staying true to, you know, our game plans because um, we all have great game plan. I want, I know we got to go a little bit faster because you've got a workout You're coming good. up in, in a little bit, um, <laughs> you know, you guys clearly had established yourself. You're one of the best teams in the Big Ten. You're one of the best teams in the country. You're ranked. And then COVID takes the year away. Um, you clearly would have gotten a good seat in the NCAA tournament, another chance to elevate the program. Um, for you personally, I mean, just how hard was that emotionally to have that that season kind of taken away from you? Uh, yeah, it was really hard. Um, it was hard for a lot of reasons, but, you know, Brenna Wise, I think she, yeah. she did so much for our program um, in every aspect. And I just hated that, you know, cause I, I knew I was coming back another year um, and that was her last go around. And so I, I truly like still to this day, just, I hurt for her in that aspect um, because she's done such great things for our program and helped completely turn it around, not completely turn around, but been a part of what we're talking about. Um, to, and to, to not be able to see it come to fruition, you know, in the tournament stinks. Um, and I think we would have, we were rolling, uh, we were connecting in a lot of different ways, but again, from a personal standpoint, you know, I was thankful I was able to come back last year. And, um, I think it was hard on a lot of us just because mentally it never ended like last season never ended. So it was like, right. you had no closure almost. Mm -hmm. So it kind of led into the next season um, mentally. Um, but yeah, it was, it was hard. I, just, I mean, just like everyone else, I mean, you, you put it into perspective just because at the end of the day, it is just a game. And so we all had a, our health and our families. And so, yeah. Well, and, and how did you navigate that crazy off season before you guys could get back and protocols were established and you could find the new temporary normal how did you survive? How did you try to work on your game? Well, <laughs> I, so I went home, we all went home um, and my family. So my dad crazy. Cause at the moment I'm like, why are you doing this dad? But he built a house my senior year of high school and he built a gym in the house. And I was like, why would you, because I, I mean, <laughs> I spent all my time in our gym. I, I had to go to high school. I mean, and he decides to wait till I'm out of high school <laughs> to build a gym in your house. And so I'm like, but then I'm looking back, I'm like, wow, like I got to train the whole, <laughs> I, I got to play basketball the whole time. Like I'd have to find a gym. So I 
I hung with my family. I worked out. So, so I mean, your dad, what's too bad? Did your dad get to be your coach again for a bit there? Um, he helped rebound for me. <laughs> <laughs> he he kind of stayed. I mean, he's he's a dad now, so he doesn't try to do too much. He he knows I have great coaches, so he sit back and he just watches. So now we are into the 2020-2021 <laughs> season, which is a historic year for yeah. Indiana women's basketball. Um, but I want to talk specifically, we've talked, we, we all know how difficult the season was, testing protocols. And again, because we're short on time, I want to skip to Elite Eight. However, you talked a lot about sacrifices. You talked about a lot, a lot about your focus on the team. A little birdie told me <laughs> that you were dealing with a lot of physical stuff last year that I think no one knew about outside of the program. Um, you can see your shooting percentage, especially from three, took a, a pretty heavy dip. And I think that it makes sense for it to take a dip based on what I was told, which is that you were dealing with some arm issues, some shoulder issues, recovering from shoulder stuff. But you never said a word about it. No <laughs> whining. You never, you didn't take time off, really. Um, but I am curious from a personal standpoint, because you know that your personal accomplishments do help the team here. Um, how, how hard was that for you just kind of grinding through what you were going through and still helping the team to a historic year? Uh, it was challenging. I mean, again, I, I never want to take away from the team. And so uh, I never want to distract the team. I never want to do any of that. And um, I mean, it, it's easier when you're going through stuff, when you have a focus on the people around you and, you know, the team, um, because it can get a little, you know, hard, but if you know your goal and why you're playing, it makes it a lot easier. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm one to never give up. I'm one to fight through anything and everything, uh, just to be able to play and to help where I can. Um, but I'm thankful that, you know, again, I got another year (laughs) and, you know, I've been, it's been a lot better and getting stronger, way stronger, I'm way stronger. Um, so, and just the mindset too, honestly, I think a lot of it, you know, when you, you talked about earlier injury, there's a lot of mental blocks that come with sure. that. So working through that has been great, but yeah. Well, Allie, be, um, in the shortness of time, take us <laughs> to the sweet 16. Ugh. You're in the sweet 16 for the first time ever in program history. And you're playing a number one seed <laughs> NC state. Just talk to us about that game and what you remember now thinking back on it from just several months ago. Yeah. Again, we go back to, we went into that game and it was like, there was no doubt. Like there was no, like we had never been there and we had heard, you know, first appearance, sweet, sweet 16, you know, seated four versus the one, like since he stayed, but we just, there was just this belief that we were going to come in and win. Like there was the support we had from IU, like obviously we couldn't have a lot of fans, but just the community and how much they, you could almost feel it um, from home, how much they wanted us to win, how much they're rooting for us. Um, but we, and even at the end, um, you know, they cut it, gosh, we couldn't get stops towards the end. Right. It was getting close, but we, I remember like we were in this time, we were in the timeout. We had to get one more stop and it was just like, this is our game. Like we, 
we had no doubt that we were going to win. And when we did, it was, it was incredible. Um, you know, just to celebrate with the people that you go through a lot with, um, and how much we all put into it, everyone, whether that's support staff, you know, trainers, our parents, our family. So it, it was incredible, but it's one of those, like, it's addicting because you, we've never been in that moment. And so once you get in it, it's like, you've got to get back. Like, you know, it fuels you to get there because you've never been there. But once you taste it, it's like, I think it's even more, it fuels you even more. So, yes. Well, and, yeah. and you do pull off this historic win. We don't need to get into the details of the Elite Eight because we know you yeah. have to go. But do you feel like this story is still being written? And as it was in high school, you know, there's a painful loss at the end of most seasons, almost all right. seasons. It ends with a painful loss. Right. Obviously, that was the case last year. What What is going to be the difference between how that season ended and, and accomplishing the team goals you guys want, which are win two championships, the big 10 in the national championship. What are you taking from that? The way last season ended into this season to make sure it doesn't go out that way. Yeah. Um, like I just said, I mean, the fuel to the fires, it got bigger. I mean, our fire got bigger, our drive got bigger. Um, and just how we have to attack every single day. And I think, you know, we have that goal um, because we believe we can do it. Um, but we also know, like, it's not, you know, that's at the end of the road and there's going to be a lot of curves, a lot of, you know, ups, a lot of downs. Um, but we, you know, as a team and as a program, have broken it down day by day and establishing goals that we need to reach each day. And so that we're doing it little by little and attacking everything in the moment and the now you know, having good practices every day, you know, even on our bad days, like you can still, we're not hitting, but we execute it. I mean, so just taking every day, Mike gets, you know, our last and approaching it like we're about to play tomorrow. I mean, we're about to play in the Sweet 16 again tomorrow. So just think our mindset and how that has to look. If we want to do what we're, we're saying, we, we got to do it. Um, and we're, we're, we're working on it. So, all right. Rapid fire before you go. Favorite restaurant in Bloomington? Malibu. Okay. Lord. Least, least favorite class? Ooh, I'm in a safety class right now. Safety? safety? <laughs> what does that even mean? Like, like, don't like fire? Right? No, no, no. Like, making sure like you have all your employees trained, like they're uh, cert- all the like standards and regulations and then, that sucks. That sounds I know like it's important, but no, it's, but it's boring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Favorite pizza? Uh, cheese. No, no, but but okay, cheese. But <laughs> oh. Where are you ordered from? That's fair. That's fair. That was my fault. Not a well-worded question. Favorite? You order cheese. Where are you ordering it from? Um, uh, just like fast Papa John's. Wow, go with the chain, not Pizza X. No, she likes Papa John's. I, I do like the breadsticks and Papa John's also. By they the way. are good. They are good. Cheese sticks. That's the first cheese sticks I ever had. Yeah. Um, you are obviously of age. Uh, when you uh, are going to go get a beverage, an adult beverage, where do you show up? What's your favorite watering hole? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, 
don't go. You don't oh. go. You okay. are just so focused. I that's so embarrassing, but yeah. All right. Who Admirable. is the couldn't even tell you. Who's the funniest player on the team? Nikki's pretty funny. Yeah. Who's yeah. who's the scariest? Scariest? Like well, if you, if you don't want to get on her bad side. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, Grace Bird <laughs> trying to get <laughs> wait, who? Grace? Oh yeah. On the court. On the court only. On the court only. All right. Listen. We know you got to go work out. I want to say one thing to you before we wrap up here. I've told Grace, I've told Terry, I've told Mac about how what you guys have done for women's basketball has brought me closer to my daughter and how yeah. much it, it means to, to, to me what you've done. But I want to say this. I get your goals, and I love that your goals are to win the championships. And I love it. I mean, that that is music to the ears of every fan of Indiana University. But... I also want you to know that what you have and are accomplishing at Indiana is meaningful beyond the banners and, and only one team wins the last game of the year. And we know it's going to be Indiana this year, but if by some hook or crook and weird chance, it doesn't happen, it does not take away what you and your teammates have done for Indiana university women's basketball and for Indiana university basketball fans and for Thank little you. girls like my daughter, Stella, out here in Los Angeles, California, and thousands of more like her around the country and in the state, it is such a special thing that you've done. And the way you approach it is what makes it all the more inspiring. We love Thank what you've done. We love your work ethic. We love your attitude. And, and I, just, uh, I just don't want you, to, you guys to ever forget that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Your joy and energy, it's infectious. You know, it really is. And and for me, I'm I'm a hysterical fan. And that makes it so much more fun, almost gives us permission to lose our minds too. And that you and your teammates are taking the time to pass on your knowledge and your passion to the next generation is such a gift to the whole fan base. And we thank you so much for, for taking some time, some very, very precious time out of your schedule to do that. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. We'll see you November 6th. You will. That was a guest. That was a guest. I don't know if you can construct a better role model for what you want your basketball program to be, men or women, than Allie Patberg. I, I mean it. Like, we've talked to some special people, and this is not to denigrate anybody, but from work ethic to toughness to um, feeling the emotion of the place you're at, to the focus on the teammates, to leadership. Growth. Um, to growth, to dealing with obstacles, to recognizing your own um, shortcomings at times, like being too emotional, being too in on yourself. She is just the prototype. And what you would want to hold up and say, this is what, you want to know what the program is? This is what the program is. And it just fills me with pride and excitement. It is remarkable as a 43-year-old man how much I'm listening to Allie and being like, yeah, I need, I need to, I need to do, I need to be more like that. I need to bring that into my life, you know, yeah, and, and want to pass it on to my, my children too. But there's just so many principles uh, at work there that are applicable no matter who you are, or where you are. And I will say 
as she was departing from our, our conversation there and I was just reflecting on her and Grace and Mac, it came to me like a vision. I didn't manufacture it. Like a, a statue of the three of them. Oh, ooh. I mean, I, I, I'm like, like that is I mean, not, you usually got to win a title for that. That Well, and that's, look, they don't even shy away from that being a goal, and, and nor should they. That's awesome. It reminds me of what we've heard about the 1976 team. That, like, they set the goal, we're going to win a title, and we're going to go undefeated. And they didn't. Today, when, when there's, like, a team that's undefeated at the end, all you hear about is, like, oh, we don't talk about it. We don't. And Bobby Knight and the team was like, oh, no, we talk about it. We don't want to lose a freaking game. That's what we have to prove. And the same here, all three of them we've talked to. Our goal is to win a Big Ten championship and win a national championship. That's the goal. And I I am with you. It's like, uh, that's funny that you bring up the statue. I thought you were going to have an epiphany on what their nickname should be. No, no, I was, I, 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 when you brought it up at the beginning, I was like, wow, I could get really distracted from this conversation trying to come up with that. But I, I do. I think uh, before the season starts, we should have that figured out. Yeah, we got to figure it out. I, I mean, three Amigas is not good, right? No, no, nope. no. No, there's okay. just there's just way too much silliness that comes to mind. Yeah, um, uh, MV3 has been used before. I, I, I did like that when you threw it out. I that think. has been used. I mean, okay, I've heard that used before. You know, then I was thinking of like, you remember uh, in triple Golden threat. State, they, triple threat is good. Do you remember in Golden State, they had run TMJ? Is that like because somebody had jaw issues? Oh, no, wait. Maybe I'm screwing <laughs> it up. I mean, who, what, Tim Hardaway, Chris Mullen, and somebody else? Maybe it was run TM. Was it Mitch Richmond? Run oh, yeah. TMR? Was he was he there? I don't know. They had something. Maybe they just called it Run TMC. I don't know. Anyway, we need a nickname. But man, I just the way that they talk about Terry Morin, the connection, the belief, the way that she talks about how all the coaches have this belief in her. Um, man, it just fills me with excitement about not just the 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 what this team can do but the trajectory of the program, it just feels like we are here to stay. Well, it's, it's a remarkable thing to build a program that doesn't have a strong history because why, why us, why, why this school? Why now? Now IU obviously has a very rich men's basketball tradition and the state itself loves basketball. So you're like, well, we have some advantages over other programs that have never really accomplished anything um, that could be taken advantage of. But it takes a very special person because what does it start with? It, it starts with talking to young women who are deciding what school they're going to go to and to be able to look them in the eye and speak from the heart and convince them you are going to build a monster that has never existed before. You can't point to something, you know, you did previously and be like, yeah, we're going to do this again, or we're or even necessarily going to build on this. It's like you're kind of starting from scratch, and that's just so remarkable to me and really further evidence that if you can kind of start with nothing and get to this point, and now you're recruiting with 
great stuff to point to in the rearview mirror. It's like, yeah, I have a feeling we're going to be a pretty relevant program for as long as Coach Morin is there. It also goes back to something you and I have talked about so much in multiple sports. In college, just get the right coach. Get the right coach. And, and by the way, and if you don't have the right coach, get rid of them. Like, I mean, if you are committed to winning, if you are committed to winning on a major level, you know if you've got the person after several years, you know if you've got the person that can get you there or not. And if you got them, do everything you can to keep them. Everything. And if you don't got it and you're committed, move on because it's not going to get better. And it is all about the coach to instill all those things. Now, clearly, the coach then needs to be the recruiter to get the right players. And, but over time, you got the right coach, you're going, you're going to build a program. But I think that's what's remarkable about, you know, college coaching in particular. It's part and parcel with with being able to to get your team to execute on the floor, but then to also bring those kids into the program that fit your vision. And it's you really can't have one with the other. You're not the right coach if you can't right. do one but the other. Right. Um and to to just look at the quality of character of these young women we've gotten to talk to here leading up to what we all are anticipating as another great season for Indiana women's women's basketball to your point of them being role models. It's like, Oh, like look at how great they are on the court, but just talk to them and just be so proud that they, well, even if they're not from your state, they came to your state and now representing your state and your university. And you can point to your daughters and not say, oh, like, look, her form, look at her form. You should shoot like that. Or look at the way she's always looking to make her teammates better. It's like, yes. just just look at the way this person conducts themselves as a human being. That All that is good for you to look at, kid. And the point that you just made that I think is the biggest that gets lost is look at how she supports her teammates. Mm. Look at it. Because like, Allie is right. When you watch the games, when her teammates do something, she is the first one there clapping, picking them up, slapping them on the butt. Like, you know, the, it, it is palpable what, what she does when it comes to emotional leadership. I mean, it's just called, it's just leadership. I shouldn't call it emotional leadership. It's just leadership. And man, do I want my kids, all of them, to grow up knowing how important that is, not just in sports, but in anything. Be supportive sure. of your teammates in whatever you're doing. Classmates, you know, if you're in family, band, family, if you're in a play, you know, if you're working on a project together, it's like there is so much to be taken from what these incredible young women that make up the IU women's basketball program have showed us. Uh, look, if you want a chance to have your daughter get up close and personal with them and get a real flavor for it. November 6th, come to this camp. It's a special camp. It's only $50. And when you think about what $50 gets you for a, a couple hours to spend with this remarkable team and these remarkable players, HoosierYouthCamp.com, HoosierYouthCamp.com. Uh, as always, follow us on Twitter, at Hoosier Hysterics for the hysterics. No E, no I. But, but the, the sometimes why? And I will say one thing, even if you don't like, you know, if my if my daughter, if we live back in Indiana and I know because of her genetics, like basketball is not going to be a big part of her future. I would still take my daughter to just be around these young women, just to be in that environment because of all those things you listed, how this can all translate 
well outside the game of basketball. These are just good young ladies for kids to be around and to aspire to, to emulate as they grow up. Couldn't have said it better. Let's do another one of these next week. Okay. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear a screaming shout. I love of Indiana, he's manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Warden Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier, his